Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! nation what is up what is happening we are on to week three we have some decent matchups this week some high totals but uh some kind of one-sided matchups as well so we'll have to get to that then we have one game that is has a 54 point total mm-hmm. where everybody's gonna go play so yep. uh so with that being said uh maddie how you doing doing well man it's uh good to be recording this while there's not a good game going on you know, sometimes sometimes we have some barn burners uh, happening where it's, you know, between two good teams while we record. And it's kind of tough to do the show while trying to watch with, with while watching the game out of the corner of your eye. But with this one, you know, San Francisco continues to move the ball and the Giants keep kicking field goals. So I think uh, San Fran's going to pull this one out. But uh, yeah, no, doing well. Uh, two for two on cashing so far this year. So we're looking to make this three for three. You want to end week three? Yeah, so let's just go ahead and get into it. Let's start with the quarterback position. As always, we go position by position. And so let's start with the quarterback position. And up top, we have two quarterbacks that are in the 8K range. That is Patrick Mahomes at 83 and then Josh Allen at 81. And then we have a few quarterbacks here in the 7K K range. Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, and Tua Tagovailoa. And then in the 6K range, you have Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, uh, a questionable Anthony Richardson, and then Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Deshaun, and Deshaun Watson. So in this 6K and above range, where are you looking to go? Uh, so I'm pretty much down to, I think, Cousins and Tua are the two QBs that I have a ton of interest in. Um, they're pretty much priced right next to each other. Cousins is going to probably be, you know, five times as popular as Tua is. Like, I would expect in in smaller field tournaments that cousins is probably going to approach 20 percent um because like you said that game has a 54 total and is is much higher than any other game on the slate um and with cousins being cheaper and when, with how much minnesota storing the ball and everybody's going to play jefferson i think that you know cousins is just such an easy st- stacking partner uh for that game so i think a lot of people are going to go cousins um I, I expect herbert to be popular too but um i i side with cousins and and to a uh, two teams that should be able to throw the ball a ton and, and throw it effectively. Um, this Den- Denver Broncos defense looks horrid for whatever reason. Uh, you know, in week one, Jacoby Myers took them out to the woodshed uh, and, and Devontae Adams was able to have some production as well. So they got carved up by Jimmy G. Then we just saw the uh, Washington commanders hang 35 on, on Denver as well. Um, and Sam Howell looked good through the air against them. So, uh, good luck stopping Tua and, and Tyreek and Jalen Waddle and all those guys if if Denver can't even stop the Raiders and, and Washington. So um, I'm expecting uh, Miami to be much lower, much lower owned than uh, Minnesota as a whole. Like the Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson stack should be really, really popular this week. Um, Hawkinson a little less so, but definitely Cousins to Jefferson. And I think you're going to see Tyreek because it's it is it is tough. You have to sacrifice to be able to do it. It is tough to fit Tyreek and Jefferson in the same team. And I think with them being priced right next to each other at nine k, uh, you're going to have to make a decision on which of the two. And I think most people are just going to side with Jefferson because he's in the fifty four point total. Um, so it, it definitely makes me have a ton of interest in Tua, um, and and Tyreek there in that game. So I like Tua and Cousins up top. Uh, anything above 6K. And then if you if you want to play devil's, devil's advocate and, you, and think that there's not a QB that, that goes for 30-plus on this slate, I don't hate some of the 5K options either. Um, so Ritter came out last week and, and put up almost 25 points because uh, he had a rushing touchdown. And 
you know, when we have these rushing QBs, you know, they don't really have to do that much. So uh, if, if Ritter finds the end zone again with his legs, I mean, all of a sudden we're, we're going to be flirting with 20 plus points again, and he's only 5k um, and he's at home or not at home, but he's in a, uh, only a three and a half point spread against Detroit in Detroit uh, in the dome. And it's a 46 and a half point total. So yeah, I, I, I know that the, the Falcons are going to try to lean on the run as much as they can, but you know, at some point, it seems like Ritter is going to be good plays in games that they're trailing because in week one, he barely scored any fantasy points. And that's a game they won by two scores and they had to mount a comeback. And uh, they were down by 12 heading into the fourth quarter. And that's a game where he scored 20 plus. So I think, you know, being in Detroit here and Detroit's got a good offense and, and can put up points, you know, I could see this being a little bit back and forth and, and Vegas has it only as a three and a half point spread. So I think Ritter is interesting and you don't even have to stack him with anybody you can play him naked because of how cheap he is and because of, of his rushing ability. So he's interesting. And then if we um, keep an eye on the weather in, in the Baltimore indie game, because we have <laughs> over here on the East coast, we've got that tropical storm that's rolling through this weekend and winds are supposed to be like 20 to 25 mile an hour in Baltimore on Sunday. So definitely something to keep an eye on. But if that starts to die down or like phase out earlier than expected, I don't even hate Gardner Minshew at 5,100 against Baltimore. Um, you know, Baltimore's got some banged up pieces on, on their defense and I expect their offense to be able to move it really easily Baltimore's. Um, and so Minshew should have to be able to, or should have to throw the ball a ton here and Minshew. And if you go back and look at his starts from 2021, and then even his couple ones he had last year, like he shredded the Dallas defense last year in that game that he started for Hertz against Dallas, he put up 28 fantasy points against Dallas, which is what arguably one of the best defenses in the NFL. So uh, that, that game ended up being like a 40 to 34 shootout um, for Dallas and, and the Eagles. And it's the same offensive coordinator that he had last year where he, where he was able to do that. Um, and it's, it's a very similar style playbook and, and uh, personnel grouping um, with the receivers as to what, and yes, I know Pittman and, you know, downs and those guys are not Devonte Smith and, and AJ Brown, but um, you know, they're, they're definitely, able to make some big plays. They're still talented receivers. Um, so I, I like Minshew if the weather cooperates. Um, and I would definitely side with him over Ritter. But um, yeah, if you need if you need the value QB to be able to play the the Tyreek and Jefferson guys together, I, I really don't hate Ritter. Uh, and, and then again, Minshew if weather cooperates. So <clears throat> for me, I think that I'm going to be interested to see where Patrick Mahomes ownership percentages come in, because if it's low, which I think it probably will be, especially being that he is the highest uh, price quarterback on the slate, $8,300. This is a home matchup against Chicago. And this, this team is in absolute shambles. They're out their defensive coordinator stepped down. Uh, there is all of these, you know, you got Justin Fields out here talking about the coaches. I mean, it's just, it is a dumpster fire than today. DJ Moore, they showed a clip of him talking to Devin White from the Buccaneers, uh, saying that uh, you know they're not using you correctly, and DJ Moore responding with "Tell me about it." Like it yeah. is a absolute dumpster fire. This feels like a game that the Chiefs could absolutely steamroll them. Now there is the concern that you know they get up quickly and then they you know things shift a little bit. And Andy Reid goes into conservative mode because that is what Andy Reid does. But they got to get there somehow, and he's eighty three hundred dollars. Uh, you know, one of the highest totals on the slate here for the Chiefs. They have the highest implied point total at 30.25. This is still a 48-point total uh, here in this game. Now, uh, obviously, the Chiefs carry the, uh, most of that. But I do think Patrick Mahomes, if he's going to come in low-owned, especially after the performance they had last week in this offense, really hasn't hit all cylinders yet. Uh, I think this could be kind of that get-right game where Patrick Mahomes just goes nuclear. And if he's going to be under-owned comparatively to Justin Fields – or Justin Fields uh, – Justin Herbert and Kirk Cousins, then I think I'm going to be about that uh, that situation uh, here with the, with this game. So I love Patrick Mahomes at $8,300. That's not really breaking any any news. Obviously, he's the best quarterback in the league, but um, so I do like getting to him. I do agree with you on Tua as well at 7K. This is also a team that has been throwing the ball a metric ton so far to start the season. Uh, Tua. On the year, it has been thrown as a top 10 and pass plays per game at 37 and a half pass attempts per game. 
And obviously when you have the weapons that he has, he makes for a really solid play. But uh, outside of the guys you didn't talk about, CJ Stroud, I have a lot of interest in. He's only $5,300 against Jacksonville. And Jacksonville has allowed the fourth most DK points so far to, to the position. And this is a team that is going to throw the ball a lot. CJ Stroud is third among all quarterbacks and pass plays per game, averaging 45 and a half pass plays per game. So the volume is going to be there. Their offensive line is an absolute shambles. It does sound like Laramie Tunsil will return, but last week they missed four-fifths of their starting offensive line. Uh, you have Titus Howard, who is their right tackle, who is on IR. Their, their center that they drafted is on IR. Kenyon Green, their starting left guard, is on season-ending IR. And then last week, Laramie Tunsil didn't play, but it does sound like Laramie Tunsil is trending towards playing. But all that being said, they cannot get anything going on the ground. Damian Pierce has been able to do absolutely nothing. And so they have just opted to throw the football. And this is a game that they're definitely probably going to be trailing in. And C.J. Stroud has actually looked really good. He's coming off a performance last week where he threw, uh, you know, for over 384 yards. He had 25 DK points last week, and he's only $5,300. The matchup is going to be there. The pace is going to be there of this game. And so I do like C.J. Stroud at only $5,300. You can easily pair him with a Nico Collins or a Tank Dell. There are pass-catching options here for uh, for you, or even a Robert Woods, though I think he's much lower ceiling. But Nico Collins has been fantastic so far to start the year. Even some of his reception perception stuff from Matt Harmon has highlighted how well he's done, that he has shades of T. Higgins right now. That's kind of what he looks like and how he has been playing. And so I do think that this passing offense is one you can exploit, especially as cheap that it is, because getting a quarterback here that's going to throw the ball this much at only $5,300 is something that I think people should be interested in. And his, his pass catchers are cheap. Nico Collins is $5,300. So that is not going to be anything. And then Tank Dell is only $3,600 <laughs> here. That's a, that's a complete misprice. So last week, the Josh Reynolds flag plant play of the week, it, this this week it's Tank Dell. Like, it, it's just a misprice. It's a misprice. Yeah. And so I, I think $5,300 in doing so, it allows you to pay up at other positions uh, that you really want to get to, especially like if you want to get Tony Pollard in here, who is going against the Cardinals. Like it allows you to really pay up and it opens up the rest of your lineup to be able to do this. So I do really like going with this. And then if you want to run it back, there's a lot of great options on the Jaguars side. I think Calvin Ridley could Calvin Ridley week. Right. And so it makes it very easy to be able to stack up this game and, and, a, and a game that could be a, you know, have some shootout potential here. And so I, I really like CJ Stroud at his price. Yeah, no, I, I definitely don't hate that at all. Um, I guess it just gets uncomfortable on how much you want to load up on the Texans. But I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. You know, they're 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 free essentially. You know, and and he's throwing the ball over forty times a game. Um, you know, and and Collins and and Tank Dell look like they're going to both be on pace for you know ten plus targets each every game if he's throwing the ball that much. Yeah, and I mean, he did it against Baltimore week one. I know, granted, you know, week two was Indy, which anybody can throw the ball in Indy, apparently. Um, but against Baltimore in week one, you know, Stroud still had that volume and and was semi-efficient with it. Um, obviously, wasn't as good as he was in week two. But, I mean, like you said, the Jags pasty hasn't been great either. Um, I mean, they've been they've been fine. So, yeah, it's... It's interesting to load that up. I, I definitely think so. Right now, if I had to to rank my favorite, you know, like correlated stacks, Tank Dell and, and Calvin Ridley is at the top of my list. Other than that, um, you know, I think some of the other options you have here, kind of like in the mid five k range, like it just doesn't do a lot for me. Like this Seattle Carolina game is kind of gross to me. Like it's not really yeah. all that exciting. I know J.C. Horn is out, but their defense actually looked pretty decent against the, the Saints this past week and. I don't know. Like, it just doesn't do a whole lot for me. Then you have Russell Wilson on the other side of this Miami game, and you've been able to definitely throw the ball against the Miami Dolphins uh, so far to start the year. But at the same time, like, I'm just not all that excited to play Russell Wilson or uh, right now. I mean, he's he's coming off a big game against Washington where he you know, had 30 DK points. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just not all that excited about that game either. And so, like, to me, I think it really comes down to like I'm definitely going to have some exposure to the Vikings and and Giants game or the Vikings and and uh, the Chargers Chargers game on Wednesday. You have you have to you have yes. to have exposure to that game. Do not yes, make that. a single team this week that does not have a player from that game. The offenses yep. are are too good. 
and and especially the Vikings are it's just too concentrated. Like I probably I personally would set a rule that I would have one of Hawkinson or Jefferson on every team. If not both. That being said, I don't really have a lot else to talk about when it comes to other quarterbacks. Like I don't really have much interest in Josh Allen um at his price. You know, Lamar Jackson, I think, is fine, but especially if you're dealing with some weather here. Justin Fields, I guess, would be the other one because I think it could go either way because, like, they, he talks a lot this week about just, you know, wanting to just play free and not be limited and play like a robot. And this could be a game where maybe they just unleash him and nobody's going to play him. Now, I'll say this on the other side. The Chiefs' defense has been quietly elite. They only allowed 14 points to uh, Jared Goff week one. Mm-hmm. And then and then that was without Chris Jones. And then last week they get Chris Jones back and they limit the, the Jaguars to, what, nine points or whatever. Um, yep. And th- this defense has been really, really good. And really what we've seen so far with the with the way teams have handled the Bears is they're just not rushing them. They're, they're not sitting – they're not blitzing them at all because Justin Fields has shown no ability to be able to read a defense. And he sits back there too long, and eventually their four-man rush has been able to get back there and get pressure on because he's still getting sacked at a high rate. It's just he's not doing – he's just not able to read defenses properly, but teams aren't out there rushing him, forcing him out of the pocket. and. We'll see if anything changes because they've only had four design runs so far to start the year. That is not enough for what Justin Fields can bring to the table. They've completely neutered him as a runner. And so that has killed his upside. But, you know, in a game where they're going to be trailing, you know, I I do think Justin Fields is at least interesting because he's going to carry no ownership whatsoever. Yeah, I'm out on Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't I, I don't blame you. Like it's not a play, like it, it's depending on how many lineups you play. Like if you're just gonna play like a single entry or a three entry match, something like that, yeah, I'm not playing Justin Fields. But if you know if you're looking at a twenty uh, you know, a twenty point or something like that, I think you can look at that. I, I definitely do think I want to be early on Fields because I think at some point he's he is gonna start running more. I just don't know that it's this week. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, is there any other quarterbacks you really want to talk about? I guess let me ask you this. If you had to take a stand on one side or the other of that Chargers game, which quarterback would you rather play, uh, Herbert or Cousins? Cousins. They're, th- they're throwing the ball 80, 80% of the time. I think Madison doesn't look good. Um, and and I, we, know where the, we know where the Minnesota production is going. It's going to Jefferson and Hawkinson for the most part. I know Addison has looked good, but he's not going to score a touchdown on – you know, 30% of the snaps every single week. Um, I mean, Osborne is still kind of, you know, splitting time with him. Um, so it's really, you know, Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, you know where the ball's going. Um, on the Chargers side, they can just do so many weird things, you know, like Kelly can score. Uh, they they played a backup running back, you know, that mixed in with Kelly last week. Parham can score. Everett can score. Mike Williams can score. Keenan Allen can score. Josh Palmer can score. There's just so many different ways that the chargers can can beat you up so it's it it just gets really frustrating trying to stack justin herbert um but it makes me like josh kelly uh, a lot this week especially after his performance last week so um i kind of i i do really like mike williams as well we'll talk about we'll talk about when we get to receivers but you definitely want pieces from that game but yes if i had to pick one of the two qbs it would be cousins i think i'm i'm actually more on the justin herbert side because we saw last week, and what we typically see from teams whenever you lose that pass catching back, you end up seeing uh, teams, you know, obviously air the ball out more. They're pushing the ball downfield more because you're not doing these short little dump offs and stuff like that, um, screen plays and all that type of stuff. And we, we've actually seen so far, you know, Justin Herbert, one problem with him last year was his average depth of target was insanely low. It was like six something. This year, he is actually fifth highest in average depth of target so far to start the season. So that has been a positive to see. And we'll get to it. We get to the wide receivers, but they have been utilizing, um, even la- especially last week, they've been using utilizing Mike Williams and Keenan Allen uh, much differently than what we what you'd expect here with with Kellen Moore. But uh, so, anyways, let's if you're if you're good, let's go ahead and jump over to the running back position. Yeah, I'm good. All right. So at the running back position, you have uh, Tony Pollard up here at 8K. Um, you know, you have Austin Eckler that is a high, but I do not think he plays this week. He hasn't. Yeah, I doubt it. And they said there's no time till for his return. So I do not expect him to play one bit. Uh, so Tony Pollard against Arizona, but I can only imagine what his ownership is going to be at 8K. But then you have Bijan at 7,800, Derrick Henry at 74, Travis Etienne at 6,900, Aaron Jones, who missed last week, but he did get in a limited practice today at $6,800, Ramondre, Jameer Gibbs, James Cook, 
James Conner, which is too ridiculously high, especially in this matchup. Uh, Kenneth Walker, Raheem Mostert at 6K. So, um, Cody, what are you – Cody, I'm so used to the show. <laughs> Matty, um, what, are you, uh, what are you looking at here at the running back, especially up top? I mean, if, if Montgomery sits, you have to play Gibbs, right? I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to give him the – I like the, the targets are definitely going to be there, right? He had nine targets last year. I don't think he's going to be like some bell cow. Like, I think you're going to see Craig Reynolds get that opportunity. Like, but I, I just, I don't, but that's, I think, but, I think the targets will stay sticky. So, like, I would project eight to 10 targets, especially if Amon Ra's dealing with turf toe. Um, like, I would think the eight to 10 targets would stay, like, he may not get, you know, 20 carries, but if he's getting targets, the carries don't have to be as high. So, like, even if he gets eight to 10 carries as well, you know, you're all of a sudden you're at, you know, six somewhere in, in the sixteen to twenty opportunity range, and for a guy that's sixty six hundred with half of that um, coming through the air at a position that's really weak as it is, and he's explosive too, right? Like he's a, he's a lot like Aaron Jones, where you know, even if he's not getting a ton of carries, he can house you know a couple of the the passes or you know a couple of the carries that he does get. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like you have to play. Like, how much are they going to really rely on Craig Reynolds? Oh, he's he's definitely interesting. And if you look at uh, right now, Jameer Gibbs over the first two games, he leads all running backs in target per out run rate at thirty seven percent. He has a seventeen percent target share in the offense. He is running a route on forty one percent. But the the thing is the down the not the downfall, but he's only he's only received so far twenty three percent of the uh, running back rush attempts so far to start the season. Um, now, some of that obviously is, is especially their week one usage where they didn't really utilize him at all right. as a runner. Uh, but yes, it is super encouraging to see what they, what they did with him there. Um, I, I would have thought though, like, especially on the, uh, like on like the two minute uh, snaps, he's only received 40% of those. I felt like he would have been more involved there, especially as good as a pass catcher, but that easily can change if, as long as David Montgomery's out, because we're right. talking about Craig Reynolds now. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of the argument I'm making is they're not going to really just, like Craig Reynolds isn't playing the David Montgomery role, I don't think. Like he's going to be mixed in for sure because they're not just going to run Gibbs into the ground. But I don't think you know he's going to give Craig Reynolds ain't going to go out there and carry the ball eighteen times. If he does, you know, then I guess so be it. I'll just I'll just lose. Um, but I mean, even if he does, you know, Gibbs can still get there on his on his touches because of how good he is. Like like I said, he he reminds me a lot of you know the Aaron Jones usage in green Bay where it's, you know, always a second guy there that's just eating into it. But, and we would love to have him by himself, but that's just the reality of it is that's not just, just not going to be a thing for a lot of these backfields. So, you know, getting the, you know, even Atlanta, like Bijan Robinson is splitting pretty much down the middle with Tyler Algier and um, you know, Bijan's just so talented and I know he had 24 touches last week and you know, he's a good player on the other side of that game too. I, I, I like Bijan a lot. Um, and I don't think anybody's going to play him because, like you said, I think everybody's going to flock to Pollard uh, at 8K against Arizona. So um, I think Bijan's really interesting and, and absolutely have interest in Gibbs, uh, assuming Montgomery's out. Um, I'm going back to ETN. I played him last week. Uh, it didn't work out against Kansas City. Uh, but Houston has been just obliterated on the ground uh, two weeks in a row so far to start the year. Uh, you know, we saw the, the ghost of Zach Moss come back from injury and just annihilate them. Uh, in week t- in week two, so um, you have to have interest in ETN. He has an absolutely elite role. He's getting every uh, every opportunity that there is to get in that offense for the running backs. So um, sixty nine hundred for a guy that's pretty much not coming off the field unless he's got cramps uh, is is somebody I have heavy interest in. So I like ETN as well. Um, scrolling down, I know you mentioned you didn't really have interest in the in the the QBs for the Carolina Seattle game, but I think the running backs in that game are interesting. Uh, on both sides, um, especially Chuba Hubbard, if, if Sanders were to somehow miss, I think he popped up with a Q tag um, this week. So definitely something to monitor because uh, Sanders is is Sanders is definitely he's got a good role uh, and he scored 11 touchdowns last year. So, you know, I wouldn't necessarily consider, um, you know, him as not a touchdown scorer. So I, I think the touchdowns will come for Sanders. It's a good matchup against Seattle um, and same on the flip side for Kenneth Walker against Carolina. Uh, Carolina just allowed two, the first two rushing touchdowns of Tony Jones Jr.'s career to, uh, against them uh, on Monday night. So I definitely like Kenneth Walker at home. Consider me probably out 
on Mostert after his blow up game in prime time. You can run on Denver a little bit, but I just don't know that that role or I don't know that that production is going to be, you know, be there again for Mostert in in back-to-back weeks. He scored three touchdowns in two weeks. So um, I think they're going to continue to attack teams through the air. So I'll probably be out on Mostert this week. I'm assuming he's going to be a little popular. One guy I'm interested in and curious to hear your thoughts. If everybody is going to load up Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, we know the Chargers run D is awful. Do you have any interest at all in Alexander Madison? So obviously they went out and traded for Cam Akers. I don't think though, like week one or the first week here, Cam Akers is kind of right. come right in and like really have much of a role. Though he's going to be familiar with this offense, though. I will say that. If you look at Alexander Madison on paper, he looks like a smash play because he is playing 74% of the snaps. He's received 73% of the, uh, the RB rush attempts. He is running a route on 54% of plays, and he has a 17% target per out run rate and 11% target share. So you look at that and you say, okay, well, th- th- he has been the bell cow. And I think at least for one more week, he probably has that role. But it, it does make me nervous because he's also been terrible. Uh, right. And he has yep. been awful. He has not been efficient. And so, like the the workload is there for him, but I don't know if the offer. I don't know if he's going to be able to, to capitalize on it. Let me put it that way. I would expect Cam Akers is going to play, but I just don't think it's going to be a mass like any sort of a massive role. I think it's going to be something they're they're going to have to work into to be able to uh, for that to come to fruition. But I think on paper he's fine, but I don't know how much especially at his like his price is fifty eight hundred dollars yeah. it's not egregious but like the other running backs that are there like I know you mentioned Raheem Mostert and I get it maybe it's a little bit point chasing but he is handling all of the opportunity in his back he like, is uh he is right now uh handling in terms of set he's playing 73% of the snaps almost 60% of the RB rush attempts, and he is running 66% of the routes. Yep. No, right? he definitely is. And so the role is 100% there, and it's not. A, I'm not really afraid of the the, the Denver Bronco run defense. And so uh, and he's not egregiously priced at 6K. He hasn't been involved in the passing game, and I don't know why, despite the fact he's running routes, he's not chucking being targeted at all. Yeah, two is so not he's checking only seeing down. a 4% target share within yeah. the offense. And so that is a little dis- discouraging. Um, but, like, I don't mind. I, I think you could take shots on Alexander Madison. Like, I don't think he is, like, grossly. I, th- I think both of those guys are fine. I don't think either of them, like, crush to where you, if, you, if you didn't play them, they bury you. But I think they both have decent games. That's Madison and Mostert. Yeah, I mean, he he could easily find the end zone. He has yeah. been involved in the passing game, so he could see some there. You know, like I, like he's not going to kill you if you play him. Like, I what think, what know. about what about Josh Kelly? And I, I don't mind him either, but he's not going to see. I, I don't think like. So he saw one target last week. Like he's not a target earner. Like he's not going to see that, and so he's going to have to find the end zone to. Um, to make it work, right? <laughs> we saw DeAndre Swift annihilate Minnesota. Right, but like I don't think I mean DeAndre Swift is a hashtag good running back. I don't know if Josh Kelly is. Um I don't know. Kelly like, looked solid week one. Yeah. I mean, but ten, was, we, I mean, I, we kind of have to throw out week two because it's Tennessee, right? Like Tennessee literally just oh, shuts absolutely. down. Oh, absolutely. 100%. They shut yeah. down everybody. Yeah. So – if you look at Kelly last year, he actually was heavily involved in the pass game. Like he had, a, he was obviously the, the the RB two to Eckler last year, but he had you know still was still having games where he was catching three to four passes a game. Um, so like he can do it. I just think you know, I think I'm on this on the side for both running backs in that game where I have interest if they're not popular, but if they are popular, I'm probably out. I'm probably out. But I think Kelly definitely has a better path to smash than Madison does from that game. See, because I actually have a lot of interest in Isaiah Pacheco. He's $5,400. He's Interesting. Also really Even with a hamstring injury? 
So it's not a hamstring injury. People keep calling it a hamstring. It's a it's a bruise. Like it's it, he he didn't pull a hamstring. It's not a strain. He he has a bruised hamstring. That's what well, practice with a hamstring is the reports. <laughs> right. That right. But if I know you he heard Andy Reid talk. Andy Reid said that it's just a it's, it's a contusion. It's a bruise. Um and and so uh but he's back. He, he was back at practice today, and and so he was he practiced today. So I, he's gonna play hundred percent. And at fifty four hundred dollars, and the Bears right, Bears defense is absolutely dreadful. Like, it's bad. And, and so, like, this feels like a a perfect. That's why game the defensive for, coordinator resigned. <laughs> yeah, for Pacheco. And so, I, I do have some interest in playing him at fifty four hundred dollars. And then, I mean, I, I mean, I don't hate it. I was gonna if Pacheco was gonna be ruled out, I was gonna click all the freaking Edward Solaire, Jarek McKinnon. I I really don't hate it. I mean, the matchup's really good. So, are you playing? Uh, are you playing Ford against Tennessee? Are you out on Tennessee? Absolutely not. I don't want to play any running back <laughs> against dude, the Titans. Dude, like it's none. the third third week in a row that the running back against the Titans chalk. Week one we had Jamal Williams. Week two we had Joshua Kelly, and now week three we have we have Ford. That was stupid. You know how much Joshua Kelly I had last week? Zero. I had zero. I had zero. Yeah. Like, and I'll have zero Jerome Ford. You just I don't... like Jerome Ford. I think yeah. long term, like he's he's a good option, but. Not this week. I'm not like. You just I, don't play running backs against Tennessee. Yes, they have. I think they've allowed. It's like 7.9 DK points per game. They've allowed less than 50 yards rushing per game. Like yep. this is not a good matchup whatsoever. Like, and I, I want no part of Jerome Ford in this matchup. No, I agree. I guess we didn't talk about it, and I know he's looked terrible. But do you have any interest in Deshaun Watson? Because that's how you no. beat Tennessee is through the air. Nope, I'm good. Yeah, okay. Well, I thought I'd ask. <laughs> so, other than that, like for me, like a running back, like I said, like I'm I'm still going I I really don't really care all that much about the chalk of it. I'm going to play I'm going to play Tony Pollard. Uh it's just too good of a matchup against Arizona yeah. and his usage has been absolutely incredible so far to start the season uh for for him and he's done everything we we were hoping he would do. 64% of the RB rush attempts, 65% of the rushing yards, he has 73% of the R, of the targets. And he also has seven carries inside the five-yard line. And if you want a little context for that, he had nine all of last year. He already has seven through two weeks. So um, in Carolina, or, or Carolina, the Cardinals have been pretty mid against the running back position. And if you if you kind of peel back, if you look at just some of the, the basic numbers of like DK points allowed, like they're 14th, so it's not like fantastic. But you also have to remember that, you know, for, for last week, I mean, the Giants fell down incredibly quickly and they were they yeah. built a big lead and they had to throw the ball. So some of that, I think, is baked into that part of it. But uh, I have no doubt that Tony Pollard can absolutely annihilate this Cardinals uh, this Cardinals defense. And so it's going to be really hard to get away from him. I know he's going to be really chalky, but sometimes you, it's not a bad idea to eat the chalk because Tony Pollard could put up a 40-burger in this game uh, against this defense. And so... And then I also think if you can get up to him, Bijan Robinson, I know that yep. he is splitting touch with Algier, but the dude is so incredibly explosive. He had 24 touches last week. 24 touches, yeah, last week. He had, he's had 11 targets through the first two games of the season. And so, um, and incredibly enough, he only has one touchdown, but uh, I think he's uh, that will change uh, dramatically. So I do, if you want to pay up, I think those are the two options that I really want to do so with. And then past that, like I, then I'm just going to drop down. I, I do like the Kenneth Walker call at $6,200. I, I, I don't mind playing Raheem Mostert. And then if you want to get a little spicy, I think Alexander Madison um, is in play, as well as Isaiah Pacheco are the two guys that I kind of have interest in down in the lower range of the running back position. Yeah. Um, so, because like I know James Cook had a really big game last week, and people are going to be excited, uh, you know, about that. I want to follow that, but I just don't love the matchup against Washington. Washington's run defense is really good, but I do think Ramondre is kind of interesting, uh, considering what he was, you know, able to do last week. I, he should be more involved in the passing game. The problem that worries me here is I don't think the Jets can do anything to push him whatsoever to make him have to throw the ball more and right. for him to be able to see more usage in the passing game in a game like this. So that's the only problem with that because I do like the price on Ramondre Stevenson. So, anyways, that's really the only thing I have to talk about with the running backs. Is there anybody else that we're missing or that we should talk about here? Uh, I guess if you want to talk about the Saints. Kendra Miller, you playing him if he starts over Tony Jones Jr.? Because, I mean, they that's all they got at running back is those two guys. Right. And they're playing Green Bay, which is a, a horrible run defense. So He's only 48. I mean, I think you probably could sprinkle him in. I guess that was probably – yeah, you probably should definitely talk about him. He's only $4,300. Yeah. I can only imagine – I mean, 
Have you have, have you seen any uh, ownership projections yet on on he's this? he's he's low. That's surprising. I felt like he would be higher at, at his price because if I have to choose between the two of them, I would I would choose towards Kendra Miller because Tony Jones Jr. is uh, not good, but he's only forty five hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm month, seeing so. both of them at two percent. So. Yeah, I mean, if you want to take a stand on one of them, I definitely think uh, Kendra Miller would be the guy that I would want to, and he's only $4,300. So, you know, maybe, you know, matching the field or being a little bit above the field on him, I think could be a, uh, especially if we get any more information that, you know, who is going to be the lead back here in this situation, then I think he could be a, a pretty strong play. Yeah. I mean, run, like running backs just filled with a bunch of guys that are just can do, I think, have, have decent games. It just, it just, the outside of you know the, the obviously the really good running backs at the top like Pollard and those guys can obviously bury you but I just feel like a lot of these mid-range guys can't really bury me for not playing them but, but like if they get me 18 to 20 I'm like thrilled so like punt yeah. like punting our running back like if if Miller finds the end zone you know he gets 40 40 rush yards and scores that's 10 and then catches two passes for 20 yards all of a sudden he's at 14 at 4,300, you know, like, and then if you pay us for a 6k guy that, that gets you 18, you're, you're doing better than, you know, playing that 6k guy that got 18 or 20. If, if Miller were to find the end zone and get you 14. So I, I really don't hate it. So, yeah. All right. So let's, let's go ahead and jump over to the wide receiver position. I think this is going to be a little more because the running back position is just a, an, an shambles right now, especially with all the injuries that we've seen, you know, through the position. Not that all these guys are on here, but like Saquon, obviously Nick Chubb, that was absolutely brutal last week. And then we've had some of the other guys like Austin Eckler missing a lot of time. So it's just, it is in shambles right now. But the wide receiver position, on the other hand, is a little bit different where, you know, it, it's wild uh, that on the running back side of it, you know, the highest price running back is only 8K, but then, you know, uh, used to be the running backs were that way. Now it's it's kind of flipped where, you know, it was more rare to see a wide receiver in the 9K plus range. And we have two of them on the slate. Yep. Rightfully so. It's Justin Jefferson and Tyree Kill. And then you have a, a pretty decent drop down to uh, Stefan Diggs, $8,100. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is 79 who is dealing with a little bit of a turf toe here, but he got it in a limited practice today. Then you have C.D. Lamb, Jalen Waddle. CD or CD, uh, Calvin Ridley, Chris Olave, DK Metcalf, Garrett Wilson, who is incredibly overpriced at $6,800. Uh, Jerry Judy, Tyler Lockett, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Pittman, and Mike Williams rounding out the 6K and above wide receivers. So, how much are you going to look to pay up for a Justin Jefferson or Tyree Kill? Or are you going to be looking to pay down a little bit more? I will not have a team that, well, I usually only play one team, but I, I would not have a team that does not have either uh Jefferson or Hill like one of those two at least um there are builds where you can make it work with both of them but it is really tough and you kind of get keyhole into you know certain value guys that everybody's going to play like Tank Dell um so CJ Stroud you play the CJ Stroud yeah for sure um so I definitely I I definitely think you know Tyreek and Jefferson we don't really have to touch on them you know play one of them or both if you can make it work um, then moving down a little bit, I love Calvin Ridley this week. Uh, Debro shared on Twitter the other day that Stingley, uh, the, the Houston star corner is out. Uh, I think he went on IR. So, um, you know, that's, that's a big boost to Calvin Ridley because Houston's actually been solid through the air, like defending the, the, the pass this year, uh, to start, they've just been abysmal on the ground. So, um, yeah, I, I like Calvin Ridley a ton. He's only 7,200 for a guy that can go for, you know, over a hundred yards and, and one or two touchdowns. Um, he had a, a dud week last week and when he was like projected to be one of the highest owned wide receivers on the slate. So I expect his ownership to kind of be in check this week because of that. Uh, you know, I think everybody's going to pay up for one of the, like the Jefferson, the Hill, and then, you know, go to that other side of that, that Minnesota game and, and play the Keenan Allens and the Mike Williams. Like, I, I think that's where a, a lot of the ownership is going to come in is, is, Jefferson, Allen, and Williams. Um, I think that's your top three right there. So I, I'm out on Keenan Allen um, this week after his his big week, and I know I know the usage is there, and, and he's actually been used downfield, um, and Mike Williams has actually been used in, in in a more possession closer to the line of scrimmage role in than the slot. Yeah, and, and in the slot. So it, yeah, like you said, it's it's kind of been flipped to what we're usually accustomed to, but Williams is is you know kind of been the 
the the one A, but but Allen's been you know kind of the deep target. So, um, you know, if those if those two touchdowns to Keenan Allen go to Mike Williams last week, Mike Williams would not be six K, <laughs> and he's six K against Minnesota. So I I'm just not going to overthink that one. I don't really care what the ownership is. His role's too good. The matchup's too good. The talent's too good. I'm just going to play Mike Williams at 6K, and I'm going to move on. Um, I never play Keenan Allen when when he's over 7K, uh, so I probably won't this week. You know, 7,500 is is a little too rich for my blood for him. Um, a guy that that never goes over 30 points, and yes, I know he did it last week, but he scored twice. Um, and so if you take the touchdown variance away for a guy that's going to be one of the highest owned wide receivers on the slate, um, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to play Mike Williams. Uh, and, and probably Joshua Kelly and, and hope I get the touchdowns, uh, through those guys, um, as opposed to Keenan Allen. So I really like Ridley, Mike Williams, Tyreek and Jefferson, if paying up at receiver. And then you already mentioned the, the you know, two of the value guys that I like, that's Nico Collins at 5,300, uh, and, and Tank Dell at 36. I just think the Tank Dell at 3,600, it's just a misprice. Hey, the guy is, he's pretty much a lock at this point which is crazy to say because he's only played two games, but I'm not going to be burned. I I did the waiting game on Puka and I, I'm not going to do it again uh, on tank, but because the guy's running, he ran more routes uh, than, than Nico Collins did in week two. And it's because Noah Brown went on IR. If Noah Brown was still in the mix, that wouldn't be the case because we saw in week one, Tank Dell wasn't as involved, but Tank Dell smashed in college. He's a clearly good receiver and has a connection with Stroud, saw 10 targets, ran the most routes on the team. I'm just not overthinking it. 3,600 against the Jags where they should be playing from behind, eight-point spread. Uh, I am definitely playing Tank Dell. So I just think it's a lock, just like Josh Reynolds was last week. The guy's just on the field too much. And you can even – speaking of Josh Reynolds, you can play him this week too. He's 4,200 in a game at home against Atlanta. Again, he continues to be a, a main factor in that offense. Uh, as long as they're missing, you know, one of, you know, the, the those big guys on the outside, like Jamison Williams. Last year it was DJ Chark. Uh, so I'm going to continue to play Josh Reynolds until uh, the wheels fall off when they get Jamison Williams back. But uh, that's not this week. So, uh, yeah, so that's I'm pretty locked in at wide receiver. I feel like I, I, I don't necessarily know that you need to go, you know, too far off the board at receiver this week. And I will say Zay, Zay Flowers is interesting too. He's used very close to the line of scrimmage, so I wouldn't let the you know the whole wind thing throw you off too much there, because he doesn't get really get deep targets. With how bad the indie pasty is, I think Zay Flowers makes a ton of sense as well. So things we'll have to monitor here this week uh, with some injuries. One, uh, what makes the Tyree Kill even more enticing is the fact that Jalen Waddle he's probably not going to play this week. I mean, he hasn't practiced so far throughout. Uh, through the first few days of practice. And since he's in concussion protocol, uh, I think that it's looking less and less likely that he is going to be able to play this game. So it it's possible Tyreek Hill could see 15, 16, 17 targets in this game. Like he is and, going to get all the and, work. And Denver has been shredded by two bad offenses. Yeah. Oh, we won't call them bad. Okay, let me take that back. The Raiders and, and Washington aren't bad. They're 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 like mediocre. They're mid. Like, yeah, they're mid. I mean, it's going to be hard to get away from Tyreek Hill. <laughs> if I can fit them both in, I'm going to try to do that. That's going to be my goal is try to build some lineups with both of them in there because they're, they're both of their ceilings are absolutely incredible. And so, um, you know, yeah. I think I if, if we didn't have weather concern, I think Michael Pittman would be interesting because he is seeing a ton of volume as well. 23 targets over his past two games. Uh, he's been, he's been a pretty strong option here for this offense. And I don't, you're not really concerned one way or the other, whether it's, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson or Gardner Minshew is the, uh, the backup quarterback here. But uh, the weather here kind of worries me. But I will say I'm going to – I like a lot of Amari Cooper. I don't think you have to play him in a stack, whether it's a one-off at $5,700 against Tennessee. Tennessee has been really, really bad uh, against, you know, the passing game, which is the same thing they had trouble with last year. And they really struggle with deep balls. And so I, if you really want to kind of get off the beaten path and a, like a – a little bit larger field of a tournament. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones, that's kind of his role within this offense, is only $4,100. Like, you could play some of him, depending on if you could fit him in. But I'll also say a couple of things here that uh, Zay Jones has yet to practice this week, so I think that actually makes 
somebody like Christian Kirk a lot more enticing because that was the problem last week was or in week one was they were playing a lot of two wide receiver sets and Christian Kirk wasn't playing because uh, it was Zay Flowers and uh, Calvin Ridley playing on both of those. So Christian Kirk still only $5,400. So I do think that you could look his way as well as part of a stack or as a one-off option here. And then we're going to have to monitor because Canarius Tony has missed now back-to-back days, Wednesday, Thursday, as fragile as that dude is, him missing time. We did see... You know, somebody that you did talk about last week, and I, I don't want to say it was like a monster performance because it wasn't, but at his price last week of only $4,100, mm-hmm. Sky Moore, three catches, 70 yards, and a score, 16 DK points. Like, that plays all day. He'll take that at, at his price. And so, especially if Kadarius Tony misses, that's going to consolidate the target share a little bit. And so, $4,400, he didn't really go up all that much. Uh, $4,400 Sky Moore. Uh, I think you could look there as well if you're looking for a little bit more of a cheaper option. And then Jaden Reed, even if Christian Watson plays, who's gotten in limited practice, he has run a ton in the slot uh, so far, and I don't expect that to change. He saw eight targets last week. His target for route run rate, he's been incredible so far in the first two weeks of the season. Um, and so I do like Jaden Reed. I still think you can go there at only $3,800, though. As long as his ownership doesn't get crazy because he is coming off a bigger performance last week, 20 DK points for him. So you could look at that as well as another option if you're wanting to get a little bit cheaper uh, at the wide receiver position. Yeah, for sure. And also, if if that weather in uh, Indy clears up, I, I like J- uh, Josh Downs as well, 3,500. Um, he's shown ex- explosive explosiveness. Uh, he was another guy that was really good in college at UNC. Um, and Minshew's not going to run run around as much as Richardson does, so there should be a little bit more pass volume there. Um, and and again, Baltimore's dealing with some injuries in the secondary too. So yeah, if if that weather starts to check out, I I, I just really like that Baltimore indie game. Um, I'm just off of it for now because it looks like it's going to be a ton of rain and a ton of wind because the tropical storm rolling through. But again, if that starts to, if that clears out, you know, ahead of schedule and and it dies down a little bit. Um, you know, that game is really interesting for me. So, yeah. And I, I think the other one too, lastly would be, and I hate this. I hate myself for saying his name, but he's, he's under 4k and there's not a whole lot else people to throw the ball to here. And it's not Bryce young. That's going to be getting the start. It is oh God. going to be Andy Dalton, but Adam Thielen, he's only $3,900. I don't hate the matchup against Seattle. Seattle has struggled to stop posing pass catchers. And he saw nine targets last game, and they just don't have a whole lot else to throw the football to. And he's thirty nine hundred bucks. Like, like he still has a little bit left to take. Andy Dalton was actually really good last year. Uh, I think a, a case could be made that they shouldn't have even signed Derek Carr, and they should have just kept Andy Dalton. He was actually really good last year for the most part, at least up to standards of Andy Dalton. I mean, not saying he was elite or anything like that, but I actually think it's probably an upgrade in terms of the passing department right now to have Andy Dalton starting this week. And so Adam Thielen could easily get peppered with some targets here from uh, Andy Dalton. He's only $3,900. So, like, he's a cheaper option. Um, He's probably going to see quite a bit of targets. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he saw 10 targets in this game. And so I do think Adam Thielen, I hate myself for it because I'm I'm a bit of an ageist. I don't like really messing with old old, uh, (laughs) aging players, and that's what Adam Thielen is. But – he still has a little bit left in the tank still early in the season. And like I said, he had 20 DK points this past week at $3,900. Just a little bit too cheap, I think, for the role that he that he currently has. I'm not going to play Adam Thielen, but sure. <laughs> you make a so, good case. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he's he's an option anyway. But uh, other than that, like I don't have a whole lot else that I really want to really mess with um, in the cheaper range of, of wide receivers. So. I'm I'm right there with you, which which makes paying down at running back or QB much more interesting, because we like all these high price running backs and receivers, or well receivers and tight ends for me. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, I mean, I think outside of that, I think uh, let's go ahead and jump over to tight end. So, at the tight end position, we have once again, as always, Travis Kelsey, who was seventy two hundred dollars. Then you have T.J. Hawkinson at sixty five, Mark Andrews at six K, and then Evan Ingram is forty eight hundred dollars. Pretty significant drop off there. And then Cole Komet forty three hundred dollars. David Njoku, Hunter Henry, and Sam Laporta all wrap up the four K and above range. 
then guys like Kyle Pitts, Gerald Everett, Hayden Hurst, Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson, Juwan Johnson, Zach Ertz are all 3K. So where are you going with is, – is there anybody that stands out to you that you really want to get in, or are you basically be focused on just playing the tight – correlate the tight end with whoever you're – though it's stack you're building? Well, my first question is, why is Cole Komet the fifth highest price tight end on any slate? <laughs> but um, outside of that, uh, I think one of the big three is going to break the slate, personally. You got Andrews at 6K against Indy. Again, weather. But, I mean, he's not – Andrews isn't stretching the field, you know, so wind doesn't impact him as much. Um, Kelsey against Chicago. He's only 7,200. And sometimes we've seen Kelsey up to eight, almost 8K. Uh, and then Hawkinson has been, you know, since he came over to Minnesota, he's been one of the top, you know, top two, three tight ends in the league in terms of fantasy production and, and real life production. And he, uh, you know, gets a good matchup in the highest total game of the week. So I don't think I'm going to go to the, one of these cheaper guys because I, I truly think one or two, maybe if not all three of these guys, you know, score 20 to 25 points, maybe even more. So I'm just going to jam in one of these three and try to get value elsewhere. I do think there are a few options if you want to. Sam Laporta is only 4K. I do like paying down there. He has seen... 11 targets over his last two games. He hasn't found the end zone yet, but I think that could easily change matchup against Atlanta. So I do think uh, Sam Laporta at only 4K. Hunter Henry has had a really strong role so far to start this season. Almost 14 targets for him. He scored touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. He is still a, a little bit on the cheaper side. So I think both of those two, if you're wanting to pay down at the tight end position, you could look at that. You have Jake Ferguson, who has seen uh, a ridiculous amount of end zone targets so far to start the season. Uh, right now, like uh, he has seen, uh, what is it? I think eight end zone targets right now. The next closest is four uh, uh, among all tight ends right now. So he is, has a really strong role there for Jake Ferguson. And so he is somebody I think you could easily look at. He's only $3,600 as well. So if you're really wanting to pay down, then you have guys like Luke Musgrave who, they're, they're running a lot of routes, but they're just not seeing the the targets to follow that up uh, for anybody like that. And so, but if you did want to, because he is out there, he's running a ton of routes. So he, he could be looked at as an option. So he would all, also be someone if you're really wanting to pay down at $3,300. I think that's where as low as I would probably look to go here at the tight end position. But for the most part, I do agree trying to get your hands on one of these high priced tight ends, I think is a, is a logical answer. Evan Ingram, $4,800. But then, uh, Hunter Henry and Sam Laporta, I'm going to have a lot of interest in just because of their price. So, uh, yeah, especially I, if you're going to pay off. I will say I do like Ferguson against Arizona. We've attacked Arizona with tight ends, you know, till till we turn blue in the face. And I think Ferguson's the one guy down there that has a legit shot at catching two touchdowns. So I re- I really don't mind Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, he's up there too. I mean, he's top three. Jake Ferguson is in target per out run rate so far yeah. to start the season. So uh, yeah, I don't pretty mind strong. Him. Yeah. yeah. It's just been the Cowboys haven't had to play anybody yet, and right. they've just absolutely annihilated uh, everybody they've played so far. Though, poor one out for uh, Diggs today. Who, yeah. Uh, tore his ACL. Oh, that sucks, man. I mean, hey, at least you don't have to worry about him getting burnt all the time. So you Yeah, know? well, it's it's easy to jump routes when you, you can rely on your pass rush to get to the quarterback in three seconds and know that there's no way in heck he's got a, got enough time to throw it deep. So you just jump every route and you just pick everything off. That is true, but that is uh, still a pretty decent blow here for it uh, is. Betting. Yeah, he he's been, he was playing really well this year. I guess it's probably a good thing they signed Stephon Gilmore, huh? Yeah. So, all right, uh, let's go ahead and move over to defense, and we can just go ahead and move commanders. all the way down to the bottom. What was that? Commanders. Twenty four hundred dollars against the the Bills, especially with Josh Allen. Who can uh, you know has a habit of turning the football over? Yeah, I don't. I don't mind that. East East Coast game in the weather. Yeah. Um, I don't think yeah. you can get me to play the Bears. I know they're min price, and even if I needed the two hundred, I don't think I could play the Bears against the Chiefs. I know we don't really like paying up too high, but I don't mind the Titans at three K, especially with Sean Watson turning the football over as much as he have and the amount of sacks that he's taken. So like at three K, I don't mind that. Uh, like it's not incredibly too high. It's not like you're talking about paying up for $4,400 for the Cowboys or, 
$3,900 for the Chiefs, like even going with somebody at this 3K range in the Titans, like I don't think that is out of question if you have the money and you can fit them in. Uh, I do think you could look at the Titans at 3K. And yeah. then other than that, maybe the Jets at $2,800 against the Patriots at yep. home. You know, that seems like a really ugly game that's probably not going to be a lot of pass volume to be able to create turnovers. So, and that's where also like the Chargers, you could easily play the Chargers if you wanted to. Like we talk about it all the time, these these really high scoring affairs. Mm-hmm. All you really need is a pick six, fumble, yep. uh, fumble return for a touchdown, and they pay off, and nobody's going to play them. Agree. So, all right. I think that's all we really need to talk about. We only spent a lot of time on defenses. So, let's do our favorite thing and let's build this lineup. Let's do it. You can go ahead and kick it off. Uh, Tank Dell. I've already got him in there. So Flag, flag plant play of the week. Number I just two. left him in there. I knew that was coming, so I just left him in there. If we're going to do it, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Let's let's go CJ Stroud. All right. Uh, Calvin Ridley. going to go with my guy, and we're going to go with Nico. All right. Uh, let's go. I mean, this kind of might be a build where we can do both, but... Let's try uh let's plug in Jefferson. All right. Let's get him out of the way so we can get this out of the way. We'll go Commanders $2400. So that leaves two running backs at a tight end at $5600 a piece. Okay, let's do Actually, okay, so we have four receivers in. So let's do this. Let's take Jefferson out and play Hawkinson at tight end and and place uh do Tyreek instead of Jefferson. So we want to get a little different here. Could plug in Kendra Miller if we want, and that leaves us with $6,400 total, but I don't know if we necessarily need to do that. But if we wanted to, that would still put us at the range of like Kenneth uh, Walker. Kenneth Walker. Yeah. We could do uh, – uh, we're 100 short of uh, Kelly and Pacheco, which I kind of like. We could go – okay, so we can – Let's take this, take Tyreek out, put Jefferson back in, and then just play Mark Andrews at tight end. And that works. Well, who would we be? So at $5,300, who, if we wanted to keep it, who would, and not play Pacheco, but who, what options would we have here? So you'd have. It's a bunch of trash. What about Gus Edwards? Because eh. I, Justice Hill, is he, I don't think he's, he hasn't practiced all week. So yeah, I don't think he's going to play, but. I think it's going to be Lamar, which I do. I do like Lamar too this week. Um, I think you're going to see more Lamar runs, and they're also going to call up Kenyon Drake, which sounds like a disaster. But I just don't see Gus Edwards getting, you know, a zillion carries. And Indy's really the Indy's issue has been through the air on defense. Just play the Cardinals defense. Stats. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I never, I'm I'm always down with just playing just playing any defense. I mean, I said I wouldn't play the the Bears against the Chiefs, but last week I played the Raiders against the Bills, and the week before that I played Houston against Baltimore because it, it fit the build that I liked. So if we did that, it would so we we would have no money remaining, but we keep it. We could go Stroud, Kelly, Pacheco, Tank Dell, Calvin Ridley, Nico Collins, C.J. Hawkinson, Tyreek, and Cardinals D. I'm good with it. Yeah, it's going to be a unique team. That's for sure. <laughs> Fire that up at a single entry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's lock that in. I like that. A little different. Works for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, that lineup is. So, you know, Tyler, uh, if you're still here, let's. I'll, you've, you've you've asked 47 times, so we will. Make sure we get uh, start golf or love and Pittman or Josh Reynolds. I'm going to go golf for sure. Golf. I'll then, say I'll say Pittman if the weather's semi decent. Otherwise, just go Reynolds. Yeah, and Tyler, I don't know if you can, but if you can try to be here on Sunday morning, uh, we go live and we'll have all that information. Be able to know exactly what's going yep. on because it's tough right now. You know, weathermen don't do a very good job, but I'm damn sure not going to try to play one on Thursday night uh, to try to play what's going to happen with this storm and everything else. So Tyler, if you can tune in on Sunday, we'll definitely have a much better answer. But right now I would go golf and Pittman on uh, this, in this situation. So anyways, all right. 
I appreciate everybody checking it out. I, pre- I appreciate everybody rocking with us. Uh, week three is, I hope everybody has a good week three. Let's win some money this weekend. And uh, yeah, let's let's try to win some money. This, this weekend slate's a little bit different. Uh, we have the double... Um, we have the double Monday night games again uh, this week, so that should be interesting. I played a little, dabbled a little bit in the uh, two-game slate with some showdowns, so it was kind of fun. So uh, th- this week, I will say this uh, Monday's slate looks better than last week because last weekend was so great. Yeah, I barely played last weekend's as the games were just so bad. Yeah, but I, 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 I couldn't help myself, and I played a little bit. So And actually built some decent lineups because I had some that with both Jerome Ford and um, Jalen Warren. So. Uh, okay. Nice. We don't got to mess with uh, Najee Harris on the slate. God. He's dead. Anyways, like I said, hope everybody has a great week three. Be sure if you haven't already, you can jump into our Discord. It's absolutely free. You can go over to our YouTube channel and all uh, there's a link in there. You can jump into our Discord. Absolutely free. You know, if you have any questions or anything like that. If not, be sure to let's win that money this week. If you're not uh, already, please subscribe to whatever you're listening to this to. We really appreciate it. Um, and lead a rating, rating and review if you're listening to this on podcast forum. So that being said, hope everybody has a great week three. Once again, we out. Think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? Well, you better get used to the way the war bounces. I see what you got, inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. You're a big man <laughs> I'll treat you like you're a little man